Hi there, listeners. Welcome to Random Talks of Kindness, a.k.a. Group Therapy for America. Because sharing isn't just about caring. It has the power to bring us closer together. I'm Monica O'Leary-Singh, and this is Random Talks of Kindness. Hey there, listeners. Do you believe just listening to someone else's story can bring us closer together? I do. Our topic today is very personal to me. We're going to discuss something that I had never heard of before until it affected me. And in many ways that happens for so many different topics and issues. Until they affect us personally, we either don't know about them or we haven't researched them or they're just sort of out there in the universe but not really affecting our lives. It's called prenatal depression. And it's when you experience a really serious depression while you are pregnant. Over the past few years, a lot of information has come out about postnatal depression and trying to get people to talk about it, to embrace the fact that it's real and that it has real consequences for families, for mothers, for children, and that it needs to be addressed and it needs to be out in the open. And today I'm hoping to do the same for prenatal depression because like I said, I had never experienced it before. I am currently 21 weeks pregnant around, well, I don't know exactly when it started. It's hard for me to look back because I can remember looking, texting my cousins around, I don't know, week nine or so, maybe week eight, and I was really upset with motherhood. And my level of upset was just not proportionate. Motherhood is frustrating in many ways, but I was really, really upset. And the baby I'm carrying right now is really wanted. I really want this baby. I love this baby. I, my husband and I want this baby. So it's not about not wanting the baby. It's not about being upset to be pregnant. I am happy to be pregnant. I wanted this baby so much. So this prenatal depression caught me off guard. You know, I love my son and uh, he's two and a half and we have a lot of fun. Toddlerhood is definitely fun for me. I know people say terrible twos, but I'm enjoying the twos. So when this malaise and this personality shift and my inability to do anything, I didn't even want to watch TV or anything. It's just I didn't want to physically be a part of anything. When it took hold, I was scared and freaked out and confused and lost. You know, I did a little Googling. By the way, Googling prenatal depression, not helpful. The things that are out there, not helpful to read. Part of it is that there's so little out there that what is out there is not very helpful. Also, nobody wants to talk about it. Women do not want to talk about it publicly. Privately, it's a different thing. So, you know, when I started feeling this way and I was really feeling out of sorts and yes, I did contact my medical doctor, my OBGYN, and I did contact a therapist. I spoke with both of them. So I handled the medical side of it. But what I really wanted to know is I wanted to hear other women's stories. I wanted to hear that I wasn't crazy and that I wasn't alone. And the statistics online show that I'm not, that, you know, there are maybe 15 to 20% of women going through pregnancy who feel some level of prenatal depression, and it's just not talked about. So the issue I bring up today is twofold. One, The woman I'm going to interview, I am going to use an alias for her because she as well is 
uncomfortable sharing her story publicly. So I'm very, very grateful to her for sharing her story with us. I want to respect her privacy. And that goes for a lot of women. A lot of women, when I reached out on my Facebook page, number one, most of the women just wanted to refer me to a doctor. And number two, nobody publicly said, yeah, it happened to me as well. I'll be honest, I did not even put up my post about prenatal depression publicly. I asked a girlfriend of mine to put it up anonymously for a friend, and that friend being me, because I was embarrassed to say what I needed to say, and I was uncomfortable sharing what I needed to share, and I needed to know if I was alone, if I was crazy, if I was just something wrong with me. And so she put up this post on my mommy Facebook group here, and she got some direct messages. And one woman who also declined to, to be interviewed here, she's got other stuff going on in her life. She was just so compassionate and, and she could describe things that I had gone through and the way I was feeling. And that's the same thing for the woman that I'm interviewing today. She's somebody I've known for a number of years now. And when she learned through my husband that I was feeling this way and he was worried about me, she was able to say to him, it's okay. She's not crazy. I experienced it as well. And that gave both him and me a lot of comfort. So I'm very happy to have her joining us today. She is a wife, a mother, a elementary school assistant, and all around very cool person. She is going to help us discuss this topic of prenatal depression. And before we do that, we'd just like to unwrap her story a little bit to hear about who she is and where she is at this point in her life. As I mentioned, we're going to use an alias. We're going to call her Shamila. Shamila, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You are a wife, a mother of three kids. You know, how, how, how old are these kids? Well, uh, start with my oldest. She is 16. And then I have my middle guy who's... 10 and my youngest is seven. So years of experience. <laughs> yes, indeed. You were working and then you had, uh, you know, all these kids and stayed home for a number of years and now you're back working again. How is all of that yes. going for you? Oh, it took a while. You know, it, it's a big responsibility when you're having a family, running a home, dealing with day-to-day -day problems, and then trying to transition back to the workflow. It's, it's a struggle, but I'm finally here, and hopefully uh, things work out, and I'll be working a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now that your little one is uh, getting a little older and uh, yes. is ready for his free space. Exactly. So w the more independent they become, the more I can get out and work. Now, we're talking about um, prenatal depression, and I know for you that goes back a number of years. Can you share a little bit about when it happened for you? Yes. Well, it started with my uh, firstborn, and I didn't quite understand what was happening to me, but I know the feeling was so overwhelming, just this overwhelming doom and gloom, like I just didn't want to move. I would wake up and dread the day, like thinking, when is this day going to end? I would sit on my couch for hours. And it's not that I was lazy or couldn't move. It just mentally I couldn't push myself to get out of this rut that I was in. And I, I'd literally sit there for several hours 
and watch the clock go away. And I, in my head, I kept talking to myself, I need to get up, I need to move, but physically you can't. You're just stuck. Yeah, I, I know the feeling. It it was very hard. It was very hard. And how were you able to, were you able to describe this to your husband? How, how did you deal with that aspect of it? Because like you said, you feel lazy when you're going through it. You feel like, what's wrong with me? I don't want to do anything. Yes, it, uh, that was uh, that was a tough one because I, I didn't want him to look at me thinking, oh boy, here she is. She's pregnant now and this is going to be the new my new wife here, sitting here, not wanting to get involved and make dinner and, you know, just greet him and just regular stuff. Just I would just sit there for hours on and I felt terrible, and I, I needed to explain to him and how I felt, which was also very hard, because as a man, they can't really understand what we're going through, and it was very difficult, but luckily my husband was very understanding. He knew that it was more of a physical thing and not something else that I didn't want to, and he was very patient with me. There were days where I I felt terrible. I was like, "Oh my goodness, my poor husband. What is he gonna? What is he thinking?" You know, I literally did not want to move from the couch, and I didn't want to make dinner. I just couldn't. I it was, and it was for several months. It was almost seven months out of my pregnancy, which was very hard. It like I didn't know what happened to the time. I was just like in a fog and. That whole time, it was just counting down the days till I would deliver the baby. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to say that that's how you felt. Yeah, because it kind of sucks away the joy of the pregnancy, which as a pregnant woman, you don't want that joy sucked away, right? It's Oh, no, it was it was it was terrible. And I, I remember buying all these books and they would ask you things to write. What were you feeling? What what were you watching? Books you were reading? I couldn't do any of that. It was just getting by every single day, just getting through it another day, another day. You know, you see these other women and watch television and shows where everybody's nurturing and happy. And I felt that was so the opposite of how I was feeling at the time. I just felt in my own little world, very unhappy emotionally and didn't know how to really deal with it. Just buying time. That's the best way I could describe it. And it's kind of a cruel cycle, right? Because when you're feeling it, it's uncontrollable inside. At least for me, I put so much pressure on myself of like, what's wrong with me? I shouldn't feel this way. Why am I feeling this way? I don't want to feel this way. This is wrong to feel this way. Snap out of it. Why can't you freaking snap out of it? And that pressure yes. that we put on ourselves and the blame. And why why can't you do the dishes? Why can't you make a dinner? Like, it, why don't you want to go grocery shopping? It's yes. like... Yes. It, Every self, day, it's the same questions. Yeah. And the pressure that it builds on ourselves, it's like this cycle that makes things worse. Yes. And now that I look back, I, I probably was very depressed. And I didn't even realize it, you know? And I took passed it off as just being maybe nauseous or sick or just going through the motion, but not realizing it was something deeper that I had no control over, which is sad to say, but it I mentally could not get out of my rut. You were right about saying feeling ashamed and unable to do things and not being able to enjoy the moment as it as you're living through it. 
as you're living through it, you're having to stop and just try to breathe and get through the day, which is terrible to say. Yeah, and this is a big reason why I want to have this discussion is that I want to bring it out of the shadows and out of the darkness and out of the shame because it's unfair that as women we're walking around going through this and yet we're too afraid to say it to anyone else. The Facebook request I put up on um, the mommy group, I put it up anonymously through a friend because I was too ashamed to say, this is how I feel. Is this normal? A few years ago, I had a, a massage client and he had a girlfriend who was pregnant and they split up during the pregnancy because he said she had changed so dramatically during the pregnancy wow. and he just didn't know who she was. And I look back now and I'm like, huh, I wonder if she had prenatal depression and she had no framework to describe it. And so she became a different person in a way because I, I swear in the past few months, I had been a different person. It's just now that I'm coming out of the fog, but I have been a different person. I I love my two-and-a-half-year-old, and yet I didn't want to care for him. I didn't want to go pick him up. I didn't want yeah. to cuddle him and play with him and make him laugh and nurture him. I wanted him to just take care of himself. <laughs> And two and a half year olds can't do that. <laughs> no, and you're so right about that because I I felt the same way. I did not want to do anything. And the unfortunate thing is, no one was. I didn't have the opportunity to talk to anybody and validate these emotions. But as years went by and I spoke to different people, it made sense now looking back why I was feeling the way I did and. You know, even when I speak to my husband and he says, yes, you were going through, I think he understood it more. He was very understanding. That's one thing I have to say. I thank him for being so understanding of what I was going through and not judging me because that probably would have been the easy thing to do. Instead, he uh, listened and he accepted that it was something that I couldn't control. He let me do what made me feel comfortable. If it meant sitting on the couch for 10 hours, he was okay with that. That's really amazing. And I applaud him because that has been a big challenge for me going through this. And I'm so thankful my husband was able to call you because I felt ashamed with him. Like I felt like, what does he think of me? I didn't feel this way during my first pregnancy. And so, and I didn't feel this way. I had a miscarriage and I didn't feel that way during that pregnancy. And so I felt like, how can I describe this to him? And and he just was looking at me like, what the heck happened to you? Like, where have you gone? And what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and if he hadn't been able to talk to you and be validated that I wasn't crazy, I think we yes. would have had a much more difficult time once he was able to talk to you and say, okay, this isn't just Monica being lazy or hormonal in just irrational or, or whatever, you know. I've joked with you that a big thing that I would do is like 15 or 20 minutes before my husband would come home, I'd run around the house and clean up things and put laundry where it's supposed to go and oh my pick God, up things off the floor. And yes. Because I was like, he's going to think that I'm useless. I mean, I can't yes. even like pick up laundry off the floor. Like, oh my God. Yes. You feel the shame. Like, why can't you function? Why can't you just do one thing? You know? 
and it's over it's overwhelming and you you muster up every energy you have to just do the two or three things to make you feel normal so that people could perceive you as okay she's she's trying she's moving she's functioning but then once that's done it's you go right back into the little slump or the mental place that you are and it's it starts all over again yeah and I work part-time for my husband and when I would go to work I got dressed up you know I put clothing on I, I took a shower I cleaned myself up I'd go to work I would literally cry on the way to work and sometimes cry on the way home and sometimes cry at the office yeah. but I would get some work done and and I would function and so People around didn't necessarily know how bad it was because you force yourself, okay, I have to get through these a number of hours. I have to get this work done. I have to stay focused. You know, I'd make myself a little short to-do list and say, okay, I just need to get these things done. Eventually, I had to tell a couple of the guys that um, I work with, you know, that I was pregnant and that I was not feeling well because I felt like I had two split personalities because I could yeah. be talking to them rationally about a, a business topic one moment. And then the next moment, I literally yelled a few times about stuff that I didn't need to yell about. And I don't normally yell at the office. And, I, and then I'd walk away and I'd be like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? And yeah. I would laugh it off because I'd be like, oh my God, like I know that I'm pregnant and I know that something's off. But the poor guy that I just yelled with, yes, he's yes. like, what the fuck is wrong with her? <laughs> like, oh, jeez. You know? But it's like, That's so, so right. we, you know, we go out in the world and we do what we can do because you have to. Like, you got to go to work. You got to get groceries. You have to get gas. You do these things, but it's not. Everything is a challenge. Every every little, the baby, it's like taking baby steps just to get you to the bigger, the bigger place or the bigger time or the the next step. It's just taking little baby steps. But you're right. The more you talk about it and let people know, and even some of them might understand and some of them might not, but once you do bring it out and you let those around you, especially your loved ones, hear what you're going through, I think that's the best thing that helps you to get through it. And, you know, you now you know there's an understanding why you're feeling the way you are. Yeah. Were you able to reach out and ask for help? Were you able to talk to your mother or your mother-in-law and ask for any help? No. See, that's the funny thing. I was. It was easier to talk to my husband than to talk to my mother or mother-in-law because I felt that, you know, these are women who, you know, grew up in a different era and raised children and had mo so much more obstacles and they were able to get through it and I felt like I don't know if they would have understood where I was coming from or but I really really couldn't explain to them which I I guess hindsight I wish I would have maybe they would have catered to me or helped me through it from some of their experiences but I never felt like they had bad experiences when they were pregnant that they shared with me that I could exchange stories. Yeah, and that's that's exactly why we're having these conversations is to share these stories because that is the thing that, you know, with your husband you felt safe because you felt like the secret, the shame, the, yes. the embarrassment was captured within that sacred bond of secrecy of marriage. Like, okay, this is a conversation between him and me. 
He's not going to go blabbering to anybody. I can pretend when I'm out in the universe. I'll pretend when I go to the grocery store and I'll pretend when I go to see people and, you know, we'll, we'll just put on, you know, fake sparkles and yada, yada. Yeah. And, and not tell anybody. And yet it relieves so much to be able to hear somebody else say they've been through it. And, you know, listening to your story, listening to the other woman who I was able to talk with over Facebook, though I've never met her, was really the thing that got me through because there isn't even a lot online. And my therapist, I I had really good conversations with my therapist and my doctor. You know, I did go talk to my medical doctor, but she she said, yes, this is this happens. She said, women do feel this way. But she didn't recommend putting me on an antidepressant. You know, some some women do go on antidepressants during pregnancy or stay on them if they've been on them. That's all well and good. It's everyone's personal choice. But she basically, my medical doctor basically said, you just have to kind of wait it out, see how it goes. And if you keep feeling this way when you finish pregnancy, then we'll talk about going on an antidepressant when you're postnatal, if if, if it gets worse again. And my therapist as well, we talked, you know, we did a lot of talk therapy. But it was, there isn't a magic pill, right? There isn't a magic button. There isn't. No, there isn't. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. You almost wish that the doctors or, you know, they make you take all these things like prenatal and prepping you for birth, but they don't prepare you for all these other things that could occur. And as a woman, not knowing that these are some of the things that you could go through. And it's it's a challenge because... You're scared to talk about it. You're afraid to mention it to people because you think, like you said, they might think you're crazy or what's wrong with you, but yet they don't have any type of, hey, by the way, this might happen to you. And if it does, you're not crazy. This happens to many women. And if you feel like that, the best thing to do is talk about it and get through it, whether it be verbal or medication or whatever other methods there might be out there that I'm not aware of. But it's sad that you have to go through it sometimes not even knowing that this is normal. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of women, when the statistic says something, you know, between 13 to 20% that women may experience this during a pregnancy, there are so many women who are too scared to even say anything that that number's got to be higher. Yeah, I um, I would think so. What I've sort of figured out by talking with different people and and by looking online too is that it can last for different amounts of times. Like for you, you were saying it lasted about seven months. I feel like for me, it lasted four and a half months. I feel like right now I'm coming out of the the fog for the past three weeks. I have felt like I'm coming out of the fog. Um, That's awesome. When you and I met a few, I guess maybe a month ago at this point, I was still in it and... You asked if I wanted to talk about it, and I knew that if I mentioned it, if I talked about it, I was just going to (laughs) cry. I think that's the other thing about the prenatal depression. Yes, when you're pregnant, you're hormonal and you're emotional, and you might cry at commercials, or you cry at this, or you cry at that, or whatever. But when you have prenatal depression, the emotions are so, they're so on the surface, Yes, so, overwhelming. You have no control of them. Yeah, so you can, one moment you can be happy, the next moment you can be crying and a serious sobbing, crying. And, and you think you're strong enough to deal with it, and then when you're ready to talk about it, you realize you're not. Yeah, 
Yeah, I was, I was like, I, if I had wanted to talk to you before when we had scheduled brunch, I was like, yeah, I want to talk to her about it. And then when I saw yes. you and I was like, oh no, I can't do it. I can't do it. If I open up right now, I'm going to collapse and there may not yeah. be any coming back from this. <laughs> no. And it's funny because I, when I saw you at brunch, I knew that you were going through a lot of stuff and I felt finally she's happy. She's talking. And I didn't want to bring it up because once you're in a good move, you, you really don't want to drag yourself down. Yeah. And I said, I'll leave it up to you if you want to talk about it or not. And it takes so much effort to set the facade that when you set the facade and you say, okay, we're going to go out, we're going to appear at least to be good and fine and happy, and we're going to chat about random stuff, and we're going to we're going to dress up and we're going to look like a normal, happy human being. You don't yeah. want to break that because if you break it, it takes so much effort to put it back up. And It sure does. It sure does. Oh, so I I knew that day that um you know and and that's been a challenge too is the crying the sobbing my my son would say oh, don't mama don't be sad don't be sad Aww. and and I would just cry and other times I would snap at him because that again those motions are just so overwhelming and so on the on the surface that I didn't have patience and I didn't have. I, I didn't have a way to sort of moderate those emotions, and so I just snap at him at ways yeah, that... Yeah, you, you're not, yes, you're not aware of the, what is there, what could come out of you. Yes. And and the tools that you need to deal with it in your own little way. Yes, I, I, I'm sure. And, and then the other thing is when you are feeling good, it's still good to talk about it to everyone around you because then it justifies what why what you were doing and I think that helps. It, it explains kind of like why I'm not feeling great and why I have been in this slump and all the little things that don't seem right. This way, when you do talk about it, you, you both have an understanding of, yes, it, it was a rough patch, but we got through it versus not talking about it and pretending everything was great. And I, and I think it's important to reflect even after when you are feeling a lot better because it kind of validates how you feel that yes that person accepted what I was going through and I found that to be important also for me is that after when everything when I had my baby girl who's now 16 and thinking back and with me and my husband and saying yes I, I had a tough time, and he accepted, yes, you did have a tough time while you were going through it, and it makes sense, you know, when I'm gonna, you know someone validates. I, I'm going to take your advice on that, because I haven't done that with my husband yet. I haven't shared with him that I've been feeling better. I've been hoping he noticed, but I actually haven't talked to him about it, and I think you're right. I think that's a good idea, that I need to point out to him that I am feeling a shift and that I'm feeling much different and I'm having more patience and I'm having less crying days and I'm not so yes, it's so important it's so important for them because men don't like to talk about feelings and w women do so when you validate yes I'm feeling good they appreciate that and then when you talk about it moving forward you know where each person is coming from you know your husband or your special other person understands what you were going through yeah that's a really good point 
Because he as well doesn't know if right now when he's at work, if I'm faking it or if I'm on the couch immobile, he doesn't know what I'm feeling right now. And unless I talk to him about it and share with him where I'm at. And like you said, that opens the door to saying also how different I was during those months versus how I can be or and how I sort of normally I am, you know, my whatever normal is. Oh, yes. And and he will appreciate that so much. You know, sometimes they need to hear it, too, just as much as we need to hear it, that we're not crazy in what we're going through. Yeah, yeah. And with your second two pregnancies, did you experience the same or different? Um, no, not as much. It was a lot less. I would think maybe it was probably about two, three weeks of it. But then I think the first pregnancy was the worst. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't understand why one pregnancy is worse than the other or why did it only happen in one and not the other two. And I think that's a really good point as well, because I didn't experience it with the other pregnancies. And yet I experienced it with this one. You experienced it with your first one and not your second two as much. And so it's, exactly. even for women who have had children, it can be totally different experiences. Yes, and you don't know what brings it on or what what causes these emotions and these strong feelings. So it's good not to judge thinking, oh, I mean, I'm not going to have any more children because I don't want to go through it. Because it can or it, it might not happen. You just never know. Yes. And you don't want to prevent yourself from maybe the next time around it being a wonderful and a beautiful experience because you've had such a horrible experience with your first time around at it. That's right. My cousin had a really bad postnatal depression with her first child and didn't have it with her second child. But she would have had every right to not want to have a second one because of how bad her emotional state was with her first one nobody would have blamed her not to want to have a second one and yet it was totally different yeah and then you don't want to regret something because of how you were feeling yeah yeah and you know even having gone through this over the past few months as I was saying to the listeners before I started speaking with you was that like I know I want this baby I think that's the other confusing thing about prenatal depression, it's not about not wanting the baby. And I think that's true probably about postnatal depression too, is that it's not about not wanting the child or not loving the child. It's totally outside of that. Oh, yes. it has. Yes. Because once you have that baby and you're in that room, all, all you want to do is love that baby. And you just want to go home and be with your family, you know, and hugs and kisses and all that good stuff. And it's it's unfortunate. It's just that time that you're going through it, yeah. that you're experiencing all these emotions that you can't control. Yeah. And we just have to give ourselves permission to acknowledge it and express it and keep going. Yes, absolutely. Well, Shamila, thank you very, very much for talking with me previously, privately about this. And thank you for talking with us publicly about it because... I really think that we could help a lot of women to just feel not so alone going through this. Yes, thank you, Monica, for having me. And I hope my, sh- my story helps someone else out there. I'm sure it will. Hearing Shamila share her story of prenatal depression was really powerful and empowering to allow us to share our own stories with each other. So if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling 
like you're crazy, like I had been feeling, feel free to talk to somebody or reach out to me via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, just so you know that you're not alone in this. You're not going crazy. And there are ways to get through it one day at a time. Like Shamila said, baby steps. Join me next week for another conversation that brings us just a little bit closer together. I'm Monica Larry singh Thanks for tuning in to Random Talks of Kindness. To keep up with all our episodes, remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Visit randomtalksofkindness.com for bonus materials and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Talks of Kindness. We'd love to hear from you.